Hey family, thank you for following and trusting the path that led you here. This is Flow Space, Conscious Conversations with J&D. I'm Jerrica. And I'm Deandra. Our discussions will be led by intuition and spirit as we continue to evolve and learn about what it means to live an earthly human experience. We're back! We're so excited to have Lisa on today, who has enlightened us, inspired us, and reignited our inner flame and fire and purpose and our why with all of her juiciness and her presence and her energy. Today we have Lisa Tahir joining us. Lisa is a licensed therapist, host of All Things Therapy podcast, and the author of The Chiron Effect, healing our core wounds through astrology, empathy, and self-forgiveness. Endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama. She offers virtual sessions to work with her worldwide audience at www.nolatherapy.com. And for our listeners, we're really excited to be back from our break of integration, and we're so excited for you to hear this episode. Happy full moon if you're listening to this on the 13th. Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your journey has looked like this far? Sure, Jerrica. Professionally, I'm a licensed clinical social worker and have been doing this work for over 20 years. I was led to this work because of personal reasons. I started therapy as a client when I was 21. And I grew up in a home where there was a lot of dysfunction, like I think many people grow up in. And I somehow knew I didn't quite have all the skills to be a healthy person. And I didn't want to repeat some of the patterns that I saw happen in my family, generations of trauma and abuse. And so I went to therapy and it led me to want to be a therapist and help others on their healing journey as I've had to help myself. And, you know, it's been intense, it's been deep, it's been powerful and transformational. And I just, you know, really want listeners to know that whatever's happened to you, even if it's not your fault, it's our responsibility to heal. And you absolutely can, no matter what, and turn any amount of brokenness or fear into like happiness for yourself and peace. That's beautiful. Yeah, I'm really receiving those words. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. It's so fitting for the current times that we're in in our own personal lives. So it's so beautiful to hear that reflection from you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of transformation happening. And then as the transformation's occurring, um, the realization of, like you said, generational trauma, so many things to really unpack. And for me in my personal life, I got to a point where I was like, okay, you know, like I've been doing the inner work. I've been going deep, deep within. And I came to this realization. um, A little of the backstory is that I've been vegan for the past five years. Okay. And I started having some health issues. So one of the doctors was saying, based on my blood work, um, that the vegan diet isn't suiting me and my body right now. Okay. So I had to, like, you know, come to the terms with maybe introducing animal protein back into my diet to help balance my numbers out. 
Um, so that like led me on this whole journey of really questioning like all of my beliefs, who am I? And throughout that process, like the generational trauma has come up, um, you know, specific habits, like fixations, mm. all types of things that I'm currently working through. So that's I bet why, that was hard to, you know, yeah. include animal products again. Extremely hard. I'm still doing the baby steps. I started off with bone broth for oh, my yeah. digestive system. Um, but of course, it's like a big mental part of it is big, the mind. So it's a lot to work through. Um, so that's why hearing what you're saying, it invokes such hope and, you know, the reminder that the peace is there and like the happiness is there as I go through this healing and I work through all of this trauma. It's fine because it's part of the process to arrive to where I want to be. Absolutely. And I think to that specific topic, because it is something that comes up a lot in even my friendship group, and I have friends that are vegan and really vehement about it as a, as a choice and, um, you know, as a way to, to better the planet. And for myself, I tried to be vegan and I started to get really sick and very weak. And so when I did some reading, because part of me is like, I would love to never consume an animal product just out of love for all beings and at the same time it was really hard to be so sick and like weak and having to make peace with that I've started you know to really be to give thanks for the you know what I'm eating and for the animal's life and just really intend gratitude which I didn't used to do and I feel like for me that's been helpful to be able to nourish myself and thank that being for nourishing me. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I started like with the bone broth. I'm expressing such gratitude, you know, for the healing that that's actually providing my body. Um, because like you mentioned, I was extremely weak. I had something that's labeled as adrenal fatigue. Okay. So um, like I would find myself not being able to get out of bed, really tired. And yeah. then just the bone broth, I have seen some improvements, but it's like an up and down. Um, so I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. And like you said, expressing that gratitude really helps shift the mind and the, uh, the perspective that I have internally of it, because it's a cycle of life. Like, yes, I'm consuming the animal protein, but that animal's giving, I'm receiving, I'm giving back. So it's all yeah. part of the cycle. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah the, the power of perspective mm -hmm. and how empowering it is to really take responsibility for the life that we live. So I wanted to speak on like, how does one begin that journey of accountability for their own personal healing when they find themselves like deep in their in their shadows or things that they are, are really trying to work through, but, you know, are consumed by it? That's a great question. And for me, that that notion really angered me as a young person. I remember telling my therapist, like, that sucks. You know, this shit isn't my fault, you know, and, and really being in resistance around having to take these really painful steps at the time to um, to set some limits, you know, with myself and with others. And and she helped me understand that, like, oh, here's my kitty cat coming to say <laughs> hi. <laughs> She loves being in the in the video calls, <laughs> you know, really resisting. And I finally kind of had to get tired of myself because, you know, it started to really it started to really make sense that, OK, these 
things being abused. It wasn't my fault. There was nothing wrong with me. There was nothing I did to want it or, or anything like that. But, you know, I was perpetrated against. And part of healing that is who do I have to become? Like really acknowledging my helplessness. That was hard, you know, to feel the helplessness and the vulnerability at, at the hands of people that are supposed to love and take care of us, you know, parents, caretakers, and yet the betrayal and wondering if I could ever trust again and all that, which I sense you all both have a deep appreciation for. It was just, you know, so challenging. But once I was on that path and I started to feel some relief, like there's so many others, especially women that are on this journey and on this path of healing that we're not alone. And somehow that felt really comforting to me and and to ask, you know, I started asking friends, like, did y'all experience some kind of abuse or trauma? And almost every one of my female friends had. And it felt like, oh my gosh, like this really isn't me. And the problem is greater, you know, and unless we heal and acknowledge and even share our stories and with the people and places where we can be empathetically attuned to and heard, you know, that helps stop, you know, that helps um you know, break those cycles of abuse and and learning even that it wasn't my fault and that I can help others, you know, be a voice for them. It just started to feel like I stopped resisting that this is like something that's on me to heal. Is that resonating with both of you at all? Yes, yeah, 100%. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because there's an aspect there of like the what comes up for me is like the part of surrendering into the process. And yeah. that I feel in my personal life as soon because I have that struggle um, inside of like the control and the surrendering. So when I find that I do go into that flow of surrender, it eases up what's going on and it kind of takes off the responsibility, but still having the responsibility of me creating, you know, the life that I want to. the Yes. And all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, it was more so the emphasis on the beauty and the strength that comes from community and sharing our stories and how powerful that is yes um because there's so much truth that can be revealed in other people's lives by just simply us sharing our own stories and knowing that we're not alone in it and we can receive perspective for the ways that others are moving through their experience or just even having arrived to the point of awareness of their experience is really powerful You know, and hearing what you both are saying, I think it's going to help people that have perpetrated abuse and trauma to come to their own healing because it's it's deeply wounded people that hurt others. It's not happy, healthy, well-adjusted people. It's those that have been so traumatized that they just do the same thing to others that was done to them because they never had a space in my experience of working with those individuals to to be empathetically attuned to. And it can be hard to have compassion for those that hurt others. And I think it's something that later in my healing journey, I was able to approach that forgiveness first and foremost for myself and towards myself, like forgiving myself for all kinds of nuances of like for having, for having needs, for trusting. And that might sound weird. Like, of course you, you, can have needs and trust. But I think sometimes we victimize ourselves, like thinking we want too much or we are too much, but we're not. 
like we're not too much at all. And I think to even forgive that we even thought that. And I think from a place of feeling more whole and complete, I know I've been able to look at those that hurt others with more compassion and send love to those people from afar, to those situations from afar in meditation. Um, And I'm curious what y'all think about that as well. Yeah, it (laughs) resonates. I agree because like the same um, compassion that Because I'm a person, I can find myself uh, giving compassion to others more easily than I give to myself. Mm -hmm. So when I hold myself um, to those same standards, like, okay, if you give compassion and grace to this person, start with the self. It becomes easier to then extend that compassion even further outwards. It does. Yes, Mm -hmm. I I ditto to that. (laughs) It's really what you had said about... um, forgiving the self for the perceptions that we have of ourselves about being too much or too little that really um, struck a chord within me because um, I really resonate with that even to this day about uh, and it it really helps me realize the growth that I've gone through in really standing in my own fullness and being okay with that and not having to apologize for that and how that welcomes others to do the same for themselves. But it's really been a practice. Um, so it's nice to hear that reflection back as well and how that's helped and how it helps me as well in expanding my capacity to love others through loving myself and really accepting myself in my fullness. Yes, and I hear you saying, Deandra, kind of like giving from your overflow from yeah. that appreciation in place. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, and it is a practice because it's not there it all the time. It is a pro- like consciously, like intentionally, yeah, for real. But yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> and it also brings light to the idea, like what you mentioned. Um, from my experience with uh, working with people who may have experienced trauma and stuff, it's easy. There's a level of comfort that people find staying where they're at, even though it might be painful. Yeah, and doing the healing work, you know. A lot of people think that it's like a magic wand and it's like rainbows and butterflies one day to the next, but you really have to go within and a lot of pain, trauma, things can surface, but it's like the more you go within and heal all those aspects of yourselves, the brighter you come out on the other side. So there is something that keeps people in those spaces because of that um, comfortability in staying with what they know, not diving into the unknown. Yeah, I think you're right on. I think it's fear. What were you going to say? No, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm here with you. Yeah, I think it's, I know for me, it was that fear of, of what is is so familiar, even if it's, even if we're unhappy at some level, at least we know it's familiar. And to strike out, you know, to become someone different, to embrace new beliefs, to take new steps, and maybe tell someone how you really feel versus placating them, for example. And then there could be like a negative effect, like a backlash. Because I think sometimes when you start being your authentic self, when you haven't for a long time, people are kind of like, what? Like, you know, you're, you might be so excited about it. Like, oh my gosh, I can finally speak my truth. But it kind of disrupts the norm for others. So at first, it you might be met with resistance and even criticism. But please keep going if any of you are in that spot. Because people will acclimate to the vibrational tone that you set. 
And I think especially if you're able with close loved ones to say, hey, I'm really doing this healing and wanting to change. And part of that is you've experienced me in one way for a long time. And I really wasn't being honest or authentic. And I want to change that so I can be happier. And some people are going to be able to make that curve with you and others might not. But trust yourself that it's going to lead you to everything you want by being that faithful to yourself. Yes, beautifully said, honestly, that's so encouraging because it's relatable, you know, like you Mm -hmm. said, people, we form perceptions and ideas of people and we kind of box people in. So like to bring it for the example with the veganism, it's like, yes, I've been a vegan for all these years, my friend, my friends, family, everybody knows, like I'm identified as a vegan. (coughs) So the idea of oh, she's not going to be vegan anymore. Oh, do you not care? Like, oh, what happened? Like so many things can come up um, yes. and like judgments, projections. And it really, it's like you have to be able to remain in your own center and know what you're doing inside, be confident and comfortable Absolutely. with it. Yeah, yeah fully. Like and letting the intuition lead it because regardless yes. of what they say on the outside, like connect to your inner, your inner why, why you're doing it. And that'll help lead the way. And it takes a lot of courage what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's just profound. <laughs> I'm really receiving everything that you're saying. It, you really worded it in such a beautiful way to give um, uh, someone the authority and the license to really speak their truth in a way that's loving, that's approachable. Um, because I have found in the past that it's, Um, when I was earlier on in my healing journey, that it was better or easier to just isolate and remove myself Mm. from those that um, weren't on the same path as me, instead of trying to explain myself, because at the time, I didn't really have the language for what I was moving through, because it was so new for me as well. Um, But now as um, my consciousness is growing, my self awareness is growing, um, having the the verbiage and the vocabulary to hold space for those in my immediate circles to um, really hear what it is that I'm going through or where I am in my life in a way that is more hopefully received. And if not feeling um, confident enough to be okay with however it is received, if it's not. Yes, I, I think what you're saying is so well said. And, and I'm able to speak it like both of you are, because it has been my experience as well, walking this path and this journey and like turning over every stone, wanting to understand, you know, how it is that we evolve and how in that evolution, like to become more happy, that the purpose is to really feel satisfaction and to feel peace within yourself, like not just to keep looking for the next self-improvement thing to do in that never ending way, but to really stop and feel proud of yourself, to appreciate yourself. That's so important. The self affirming and like, wow, like I'm doing really well. And things that just you might know in between your own two ears, like the way you showed up differently or spoke differently, or maybe didn't speak, for example, things that only you might know, but that's something to feel so excited about as an achievement. Absolutely. And what comes to mind, like with what you're saying, Lisa, and then what you were saying, Deandra, 
the more you um, show up for yourself in that way, like you celebrate those things about you, it kind of radiates out of you. And then other people catch on and then they become more receptive and curious, even like, oh, what are you doing? Like, I noticed this about you. Like, how's that going for you? How did you start? And then it sparks those conversations. And then that person might have interest in healing something within them. And that continues rippling outwards. Yes, absolutely. And that's so beautiful to recognize and acknowledge because in the depths of it, it can be really scary and lonely and dark and feel never ending. Yeah, Um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And in those moments, you know, that radiation isn't really mirroring itself back to you. So it's it's so beautiful to really hear that because this journey is forever and there will be moments in the future where, you know, a new layer will be discovered and then revealed and have to move through because this journey is, you know, long long lasting. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So it's really great to hear that because it's even in the ability to hold oneself through those moments and see it through is such a powerful thing to do. And it's really something to celebrate, even if it is just with oneself. Yes, Deandra, you're talking about self-soothing, which I've come to learn is one of the most valuable, if not the most valuable things that we can learn to self-soothe our own emotions through different practices. For me, I love meditation, both guided and silent. I also love walking. That can change things up for me if I'm in a place mentally where I'm kind of overworking something and notice like I'm not feeling so well, like I'm struggling with an issue in my mind, I'll just go for a walk. Or if I can't right now, like I'll plan, okay, like at 6 p.m. I can go for a walk. And it helps. I usually do it without music. Or sometimes listening to, say, Abraham Hicks on YouTube to really affirm something to help my mind think in a different on on a different track, on a different path, because sometimes we've exhausted our own thoughts in a moment and it can help to introduce something to help us, to help ourselves. And so or even looking for a way to help someone else, to send someone else a text that I might think of, like, hey, I'm thinking of you, how are you? You know, little things that you can do to look even outside and beyond yourself can really help get you out of that moment where you could be feeling so bad. I have a question that comes up with that. Um, Because like, I feel like the way I think of it is that it can be almost like a fine line of then like slipping into avoidance. How can that be like balanced so that it's not like when something comes up, you're constantly like pushing, not pushing. Yeah. No, like that fine line between, I I hear you, like, like you said, literally avoidance. You know, I think it is a fine line and, and I know that you can start to feel this in your own body. And I think it depends on the scenario. Say if you're triggered, if something comes up and you might be at work, you know, that might not be the best time to say, do a journal entry, or really sit in this emotion because you might have to be productive. So a technique I'll use if I'm with a client or doing something where I'm just not able to take a deeper look is I'll just pause and say to myself, hey, and if I can put my hands over my chest or go to the bathroom and do that, you know, and just say, hey, I I see something's coming up for you. Like I'm going to be with this part of you. We just can't do it right now. 
because we're at work or X, Y, and Z. So I'm, I notice you because it's usually like your inner child. I think that that little one that's needy, that's, you know, feeling upset or abandoned or concerned or fearful. And I'll just say to that part of myself, like, I notice you and I'll be with you later. And I think in that moment, it helps to soothe. And that I do later, you know, like, take a moment, what did come up for me? What was that really about? And see if there's anything I need to say to myself to realign, like, hey, that's, you know, you're feeling wounded by this happening or not happening to take that time to be with yourself. And often I do that on my walks. Like I, when I walk, I tend my thoughts flow. So that's why I'll do it a lot of the time without any music, just to be with myself and be like, how are you doing? Like, how are you feeling in your life? So I think that that can be different from avoidance to really have that inner dialogue. And I'm curious how you both see this. What you just said really brought it back for me because like as opposed to just like um, finding a distraction in the moment, then you revisit it at a later time. And for me on a personal level, I find that I'm the type of person and I think from like that controlling habit, like if something comes up, I need to like dive in 100% in that moment, like I need to resolve it. Yeah. And that can cause even more anxiety. Right. Right. So hearing you say that, I really received those words because it's like, yeah, acknowledge it. You can do the self-soothing and then give yourself maybe some space even from yourself and then revisit it and work through it at that point. Maybe I'll be more level-headed. I'll be calmer. The anxiety won't be like rushing through me because I'm not overwhelming myself with having to fix it in that very instance. Yes. Yeah. What I received was really the acknowledgement aspect, Mm -hmm. even if it's not fully addressed in the moment, acknowledging it, just shedding light on it and saying that it is there is so beneficial. Like, I really love that you mentioned that, Lisa. Um, For me, in those kind of moments, um, I would say that that is a level of uh, that a level of acknowledgement does occur, especially recently, because I'm more aware with myself when something is um off like um misaligning me or making me feel Mm -hmm. um off in some way um and what helps me is being in nature um Mm -hmm. connecting to the trees really helps me notice that um for the past like week or so i've been going on walks almost every day And it really is the trees' energies and their ability to be standing tall or not be standing tall. Just like recognizing how nature interacts with one another and it's all fine. Like there's a tree that could be dead to another tree and it's not like a big deal. It's just like part of life. So allowing myself to really um, acknowledge my surroundings and how they can be um, providing messages within uh, nature really helps me because I find that on walks, um, my mind can still race. Like if I'm like going through something in my mind, it's, it, it takes a while. I have to be on a long walk for it to really, um, level out. So I find that, um, being still and observing my surroundings helps me. Um, but I know that's not always accessible. And I haven't been in in a situation as of late where I don't have the opportunity to um, take the time, like go into nature for myself. So I appreciate what you were saying about just acknowledging it in the moment. If 
at that moment, I'm not able to fully address it because that's something that I'll be carrying with me into the future if mm-hmm. and when those moments arise. Absolutely. And I love your use of nature and the trees specifically. I have a connection as well to trees. I just think they're such a beautiful metaphor for strength. And like you said, things working out well, that if it rains or if there's no rain, somehow these trees live and flourish and the universe wants us to live and flourish as well, regardless of the conditions or the season of life that we find ourselves in. And I've been learning from the trees to trust that the season, like the water's going to come, the abundance is going to come and try to just, you know, soothe yourself through it. And the you know, path of most allowance. If it's like taking a bath, for instance, if you can't go for a walk or a shower or reading something or petting your cat or dog or, you know, calling a friend, just a way to acknowledge, you know, that I'm I'm reaching to feel better in this moment and universe help me and notice what comes to mind even. Mm, yeah. yeah. It really resonates like so deeply within like these are such useful things to speak about because, you know, like we have the knowledge within us. It's just about remembering it and then practicing it. Mm -hmm. So um, and lately, like every day, because I've been going through like bursts of anxiety because of the transition I'm in, like I find myself going outside to my backyard. I lay on the grass and it takes a few minutes to slow the brain down, like all of the thoughts. Yeah, I play. Um this DNA repair tone, it's a 528 hertz. Yes, hertz, yes. Yeah. The frequency of love. Yes, and then I just slowly start returning back to my center, like I'm grounding down with the grass, and Mm -hmm. it really, it can take a few minutes, and in those few minutes, it feels like, okay, this is never gonna stop, but it's like, use the breath, use whatever you can, like all of these tools around us that we have within, or externally, like the trees, the ground, and it really helps center us back down. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Everything that you both are bringing up, or I talk about in my book, The Chiron Effect, healing our core wounds through astrology, empathy, and self-forgiveness, like every word that we're talking about. Since it's been my life journey, as it has been both of yours, I wanted to put in a book. And I spent almost four years, like three and a half, three and three quarters years researching and writing this book to offer people like practical wisdom, which I love as well. Cause it's one thing to have an, you know, uh, an understanding and appreciation uh, in our mind abstractly, but I think it's really where the rubber meets the road. How do we implement things in our lives to, to grow, to change, to heal, to even just appreciate exactly where we are without doing anything more, yeah. which often is the case. So yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. And where's, just so if anybody's listening, even for my own interest, where yeah. is the book available? Sure, my book, The Chiron Effect, it's C-H-I-R-O-N. It's available um, on Amazon.com, in Barnes & Noble brick-and-mortar stores. Um, you can Google my name, Lisa Tahir, or The Chiron Effect. And even His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, endorsed my book, which was such an honor for me. I saw it, I knew I wanted his endorsement, but I also knew I had some growing to do before I received it. So I spent two years um, meditating for this alignment and cleaning up. I was led to 
to clean up the way that I talk to telemarketers and when I'm on hold for 45 minutes to get my internet fixed and I get frustrated, learn to have compassion in all of those situations where it can be hard, like long lines at the grocery, instead of being like, oh, oh, you know, like when is like to really maybe say hi to the person next to me or use it as a moment to just be in the moment. And I, I finally, after a two-year period, heard in my mind while meditating, the Dalai Lama say, send me your book, I want to read it. And he actually did and sent me a beautiful letter of endorsement talking about the ways of using self-forgiveness and empathy and compassion that I write about are the ways that we truly heal our world. And so that's just a little sidebar that my book is, I put a lot into it. I'd love for people to have it. And yeah, I'd love to send you all a copy too. Wow. <laughs> like everything you just said, that's so cool. You know, like it's cool is the closest word I can get to the excitement I have inside. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Like that's so, that's such an honor, you know, like you're, you working to that, you meditating, setting that intention and then being received, you know, that's something huge to celebrate. That's really amazing. Thank you. And I share that because anyone listening can can do the same thing for whatever it is that you desire in your life. You know, it's been said prayer is when we're asking, when we're just talking to the universe that can read all our thoughts. And then meditation, I've learned, is where we receive, when we actually quiet our minds and can start to hear what the next steps are. And that's where I started to kind of hear who I needed to become in order for the Dalai Lama to actually open my email out of all the emails that he receives. So anything in your life, you can really hear what those steps are for you. And don't lose hope, even if it takes years, you know, like you just stay committed to what you want and it's going to happen. It has to. Wow. Such beautiful words, Lisa. Thank you. Uh, so, so empowering and yes. beautifully said and so inspiring beyond words, beyond what the words can say. Mm -hmm. um, how did you begin that journey in knowing that this is really something that you wanted to share with the world? And it was such a strong feeling that it allowed you to not give up, even though it took time. Like what grounded you on your path? Sure. It was definitely my why, as you talked about, Jerrica, that it was about like I knew I, I know that I love helping people to to heal their emotional wounds and just be happier. Like I love working with my clients and even friends that are curious about about things in personal growth and transformation. It's so exciting for me to see like, what can we manifest? Like, oh my gosh, like how do we manifest things? And there's this buffer of time that we live and our earth experience. And that's where I found it gets challenging. Like, oh my gosh, like how long is this going to take? And I think if you stay focused there, when I've stayed focused there, it is harder, it is frustrating. Instead of like, why, you know, I wanna write a book because I really want, I want something to be on this earth forever that people can have to heal like when they feel abandoned, when they don't feel like they're being understood, when they don't feel like they're good enough because each chapter in the book addresses these kind of themes that we all, I think, have experienced at one time or another. When somebody else takes credit for your work, when you might take credit for someone else's work, if you've been bullied, you know, how to like deal with these experiences in a way that's gonna leave us better 
than before the experience versus worse and perpetrating those same things. So I guess I just stayed focused on imagining, you know, people reading this and having it. And I just really, I love the Dalai Lama. I got to see him speak in New Orleans in the last 10 years here in New Orleans. And I just really, um, like for me, he embodies compassion and and just like real compassionate living no matter what. So for me, it was a personal kind of quest, like to see if I could become the person to receive his acknowledgement. And it's it's like, just really, it brings tears of joy that that, that happened. Yeah, I can only imagine how that must feel inside, you know, that like you said, it was your personal, it reminds me of the book, The Alchemist is like the personal legend. So it was mm-hmm. like your personal quest, your personal legend, um, getting you there and and then you did it that's and it's really showing like what power we hold inside when we have those intentions when yes. we connect to our why yes it's, it's really beautiful yeah <laughs> and the celebration that comes from having done the internal work to then receive from the external world what you desired you know the endorsement absolutely it's beautiful and it mm-hmm. really shows that it, anything is really capable when we are dedicated and use the mind for what we desire to bring forward into this world. Yeah, 100%. Something that you said, Lisa, um, that I took a mental note of is I usually hear people saying like, choose the path of least resistance. You had worded it as choose the path of most allowance. And I feel like that kind of ties into it because it's really like the way the mind is thinking, the words we're using, all of that um, can either enable us or kind of hold us back to achieving what it is that we're desiring to achieve in this lifetime. Yes. And I learned that from Abraham Hicks teachings, which, you know, they talk about the path of most allowance and thinking what's, you know, kind of the easiest way that without resistance to believing that we can have what we want. Cause I think our resistance is like, we want something, but it's like, Oh, I can't have that. Or I don't know how to do that. So we think of something lesser you know, easier instead of like, no, like I really want that. So who do I have to become? And again, it it very well may take some time, but what else are you going to be doing? Like time is going to pass anyway. So, yeah. you know, my mom told me that once when I was younger and it made so much sense. Like, what else are you going to do? I was like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, that's a really good point yeah. to make. <laughs> it helps ease that whole, again, like the external or internal pressure. It's right. like, you got to do this now. Like, if it doesn't happen now, it's never going to happen or the instant gratification. But it's like, no, things take time. And understanding that, understanding that, developing yes. that relationship with that space and that time eases things up, I feel. Yes. Yeah. And what really comes up for me, too, is having to be clear on what it is that we want mm. so we can um, pursue the most authentic journey that's aligned for us. And allowing space for that to become clear and not mm-hmm. rushing the process of what it is that we truly want. Yeah, um, I like what you're saying there. Yeah, because, you know, life is filled with so many distractions. So, uh, you know, we can be inspired by something that someone else is doing, but it's not really in alignment with our path. So it's really um, building that relationship with the self and our personal desires and what is our personal legend, like for that reference from the alchemist and, um, once that's clear, then going on that path of, okay, I'm ready to become 
who I need to become in order to see this through. And having that clarity and groundedness within, I feel, um, makes it easier to return to the why when necessary during the journey. Yes. Of course, like I'm sure, well, I don't know about you, but you know, in the process of becoming who we desire, you know, there there is times where one can slip back into old patterns just out of like of course. habit. Of you know? course. And that's okay. It happens. You know, just get yourself back on the path. We're humans. And you know, it's okay to let ourselves allow ourselves to be human versus a standard of perfection. Yes. Yes. Big time. <laughs> yeah. 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 experience with that too. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and it, it all goes back to like that, like really what's coming up for me in this conversation. And I find it so healing and I'm so grateful for it is really like noticing those pressures that I put on myself without doing like the self soothing still like in, um, in attempts to be whatever I consider perfect, even though I know that there is no such thing as perfect, you know, right. like I know all of these things, but then I slip into the old habits or the old patterns of trying to still go for something that I know doesn't resonate with me or that I don't believe in. And um, I love like how both of you were mentioning, knowing our inner why, like connecting with that. So that one, we don't settle, like you said, Lisa, settle for less because we let our fears or whatever we think, whatever excuses we make up in our minds that like we're not deserving of or we can't achieve what we actually want. And then what you mentioned, Deandra, like that having that inner knowing that why will keep helping us get to it if we keep reminding ourselves when it's necessary to connect back to it. Yes. You know, and I think, too, sometimes people is as well-meaning as our loved ones are. If we say we want to do something that just is so beyond where we are, it's like, oh, you can't do that. Or And, and I think people really don't mean to be as discouraging as they can be. So I think when you really do intend something for yourself, you might, depending on what it is, you might want to keep it to yourself until you start to see some traction some manifestation, or if there's somebody, like maybe you can both be to each other, manifestation partners that you can share these dreams, knowing the other person will support you, even if it seems completely outlandish or out of reach, that you really both believe in infinite possibilities and potential. Because I have someone like that in my life, Nina, my publicist that connected me with you all. And, you know, we both hold that space for each other, that nothing's too big or outlandish or impossible. And you just can't, you know, not everybody can wrap their heads around that. And I've had to learn it's okay as much as I wanted everyone to. You know, we all get to choose what we believe. So if you can find even one person so you can kind of vibe out about these dreams and enjoy it, it can be really awesome. And otherwise, maybe keep it keep it to yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I think like I am very grateful. Deandra and I, we have that relationship I where sense that. Yeah. yeah, like we're very supportive. She can tell me something super crazy and I'm like, Yeah, let's go for it. You yes, know, like, it's yes. gonna happen. And it's so fun. Vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So having that is really essential. And it's like what um the beginning of the conversation, bringing it back to the power of community. You know, like yes, I do think that you can share an idea or something with somebody who might not be as open to the unlimited possibilities that are out there for us and then that can put a seed in your head of doubt 
Um, but also like sharing in the proper space and with community like minds it's so powerful because we grow together yes and as individuals are so powerful so having a multitude of people holding the same vision will just attract it quicker and sooner Mm -hmm. and even more grander than we could have ever fathomed it to be realized yeah and when you were speaking lisa what also was coming to mind was um because I I resonate a lot with what you're saying about sharing um, what we desire for ourselves, our ideas with those who may not have um, that perspective and they can, you know, project their fears, their limitations and from a good space, you know, wanting to secure our safety by um, making sure that we're following a path that's maybe outlined easy or you know done by the masses um so i found that although there are bits and pieces that i can take away from um those those people that i may share something with or that i have shared in the past um it's great to have those who it's recognizing like taking advice or being open to those who are where I'm striving to go right. and taking like bit bits and pieces because you know even those who are where I'm striving to go are doing it in their own unique way that may not yes. be exactly how I aspire to get there but it's um like knowing your audience and knowing um the information the source of the information that we're allowing ourselves to receive yeah. Yes. And being selective with that. Yeah. I hear you saying. And it can also be fun to incubate something, you know, keeping it to yourself, like nurturing it with your thoughts and with your meditation and with imagining, oh, my gosh, when this happens, like how good it's going to feel that that can be a process in itself that you can that it can be really fun to savor yeah. within yourself until it starts to kind of show in the world where you can share it with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I find like when you do come across something that you want to start new or like you're excited about something, that excitement can want to let it out, like and share it with the world, you know. Um, but again, it's having that space, like knowing that there's time it takes to get there. Like just holding the space for yourself is really what I'm getting from yeah. the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of pregnancy. Not that I've ever totally. Been pregnant, but it's no, like, I think of that too. That gestation period. Yeah, and like really marinating and just letting your own energy like fester and grow it and to a point where it's just like, oh, you know, like you're so pregnant, you have to, you know, it's out there. So it's like having when it starts to manifest, um, then sharing from that space because it's already like moving. Mm -hmm. You know, and even if you don't do that perfectly, it's okay because I'm thinking back to when I was intending to manifest the endorsement of his holiness and like I didn't tell anyone for a cu- almost a couple of years and then I was at a party with some high school friends and we were having drinks and I just kind of like blurted it out like y'all I emailed the Dalai Lama the other day to endorse my book and like everyone burst out laughing including myself and like I didn't feel like they were laughing at me but just kind of like okay like they know I have these I, big ideas and I was like well I was like you never know unless you ask and it was literally within two weeks that I received the wow. letter from him and so at first I felt like I made a mistake like oh you know you messed it up like why did you tell them like you know when kind of like beating up on myself but it's something I had been nurturing for so long it's like I finally just wanted to say it out loud like y'all I think this can happen for me and and it did so even if you end up blurting it out 
you know, as long as you stay true to like, this can happen for me, it's okay. Other people's whatever doesn't have to affect, you know, your desire or vibration. So just to share that, because I remember I felt like it was an oops, but things were so far underway, like nothing could stop it. Yeah. Yeah. And I firmly believe that, you know, like what's meant for you is going to be for you. If you believe and you connect and you really want it, like from the heart space. um, Yeah, from the heart. Absolutely. From the heart. Then, you know, nothing is going to get in the way. Like you're the only thing that can get in the way with your thoughts, basically. Right. But that heart space is so important because I did email a first request from my head, from like an ego place. And I knew when I hit send, you're not hearing anything because just even the word, it was more of like, oh, it just I knew my energy wasn't (laughs) right, you know. And so that's when I was like, well, you need to what do I need to do? And that's when I started to ask in meditation, like, look, universe, I really want this. Help me help me get there. And that's when I started to hear, you know what, you can be, you're such a nice person and compassionate, but you could be really rude when your internet goes out and the person is trying to help you, but it's taking 45 minutes, an hour, you know, you can be like, you're not that kind. Like the Dolly, like, I want you to clean that up, you know? So I kind of started to hear those things and just have faith and act on them and to where it eventuated the manifestation. Yeah. And Going back to what you said a little while ago and then also now, with the difference, um, like you mentioned, the prayer is kind of asking, then the meditation is listening, receiving that information. How um, does that look? Do you go into the meditation, um, like you mentioned, like setting that intention, like, okay, I want to do this, or how does it kind of work for you? Well, you know what? I'm in a really good space. It's more delineated. Like I sit and quiet my mind and I'm just sitting there like in silence receiving. But, it, you know, that's not always the case. So mm-hmm. and, and we're, we're so much we're so loved. Like the universe just loves us. There's not, I think, like a right and a wrong. And a lot of times I'm just asking more than listening to anything. And I kind of hear the universe being like, are you ready to hear? Like, are you done yet? You know, and it's kind of funny because, you know, the universe wants to be humorous with us as well so I think it's okay like just know that the universe knows what we want it's almost like it's almost like we don't even have to ask we're we're thinking up to 70,000 thoughts a day so clearly infinite mind is aware of what's on our mind I think as much as we can cultivate the space of stillness to listen even if it's like two minutes where you really get to that when you were talking about Jerrica like in your heart, just feeling peace, even if it's for a minute, like that's when we start to receive, you know, and just try to find that place in your life, even if it's as you're falling asleep, or often when you might first wake up, Mm -hmm. you know, when it's quiet, like just notice when your mind is maybe more still and able to listen. And that's where you might start receiving. Does that answer the question? Yeah, it, it does for sure. And I know that, um, like first thing in the morning, that's for me personally is when it's most easiest to hear in meditation to kind of receive because I don't I don't have all the things on my mind. The day hasn't started yet and I'm fresh kind of like awakening. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, Lisa, what your spirituality um, looks like on a day to day and how it serves you. Like what are some like practical things that you incorporate into your life that helps you? manifest the life that you want and maintain your vibration. It's definitely become more clear 
as the years have gone by. I used to meditate, say, whenever in the day I found time in the afternoon, in the evening. And then I heard so many teachers say, you know what, first thing in the morning or first thing whenever you wake up, even if it's in the afternoon. I was like, well, let me try this. I'm a big person. Let me try something for two weeks you know, like an experiment with myself and see what happens. And it really worked. Like first thing in the morning, I pour black coffee and I sit on the couch. And before I check an email, and even some days if I check an email first, but like 90% of the time, I don't, I'll leave, I'll keep my phone on airplane mode. And just, even if it's five minutes, I'll just close my eyes and say, thank you. This is a new day. Like saying it in my mind or out loud, like just help me you know, be about this day in the best ways, like aid and assist me universe and bless me and, you know, like use me with what I need to say and do. And I'll just kind of be quiet and just feel that peace that I think every day wants to greet us with. And I look out a certain window of my house and, um, you know, just see the sky and the clouds and just spend that few, like few months just in gratitude. And if I have more time, I'll do a guided meditation on YouTube and take my phone out of airplane mode, or I might check emails, but I, I definitely spend the first few minutes of the morning in, in thanks and appreciation and in stillness before like jumping into things. Yes, that's so major, I feel, because mm-hmm. you're really starting the day with that energy so that yes. you can be met the rest of your day yes. carrying that energy. Exactly. Yeah. I feel that deeply. It's mm-hmm. it's the morning I find is the best time for me as well. I try and spend 15 minutes with either um, like a specific um, tone that I listen to from YouTube or um, just in silence. And it's the same practice for me, like just really um, honoring the day with gratitude. Um, I I've recently have tried to be more um try to like I have this idea of setting an intention a very specific one whatever it is that services for me in the morning um and that I found has been really powerful because it's ripples in my day I Um, love that yeah Mm -hmm. so this uh recently I asked for clarity one day and it was a day that Jerka and I had ended up speaking for a few hours or some time and it was all about receiving clarity I think Mm -hmm. you remember we were here so I find that to be super powerful because it allows the universe to conspire in our favor. Yes. And we're clear on what it is that we're seeking. Um, we're able to be met with that same clarity um, back. Yeah. And just something that like came up because I agree, like the routine, that's something I try my best to practice as much as I can. Um, again, because I have those like control things that surface for me. Um, if there's a day that like I might not have enough time to do it, then I start like almost inducing anxiety on myself. Like, oh my God, I didn't meditate. I didn't do this, you know? And then I'm like, no, it's okay. Like while brushing your teeth, just breathe. Yes, like, be yes, with yourself. totally. Yeah. So it's like, even if it doesn't look the same way, that's 100%. what I felt full to share. Like if it doesn't look the same way every single day, like don't hold yourself hostage to that. It's fine. Absolutely. Yes. 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 <laughs> Yes, I 100% feel that because mm-hmm. I'm always trying to do like a 30 day challenge of something. And then it's like, if I miss a day, I'm like, it's ruined. <laughs> <You> <laughs> and know? it's not. Absolutely. That's not like, perf- you know, that as humans, we have this perfectionistic mind that can be almost kind of OCD obsessional if you lean in that 
direction of being achievement yeah. oriented. So it's important to allow some flexibility with yourself. Yeah. yeah. Allow the human aspect of life, right. you know? Yeah. Right. And I think that's where like the self-forgiveness um, that mm -hmm. you mentioned in your book, that's a big part. That's where it comes from. The compassion yeah. for the self, the empathy for the self and the self-forgiveness. Yes, absolutely. And Lisa, you have so much that you share. Um, and we know your podcast, All Things Therapy, um, such a beautiful resource that you offer. To Thank the you. Yeah, it's really excellent. We were going through so many of the um, episodes and the titles and the details that you go through is so empowering and beneficial to just have available for those who want to come across it. Yeah. Thank you, Deandra. And yeah, we'll link Erica. we'll link the information in our show notes. So if anybody's listening, if they want to take a look, the information will be there. Yes, with your book and everything else. I appreciate that. And if any of your listeners want to do a virtual session with me, I'm happy to offer them 50% off the published rate on my website. If they just mention either of you or Flow the Space podcast, it'll be 50% off, wow. um, you know, for an individual session or a 30-day psychoastrology intensive. Well, wow. thank you so much for that. That's yeah, sweeter. you're welcome. Yeah. So I mentioned the podcast because you speak about um, consciousness. So I wanted to know, what does it mean to change con consciousness to you? That's such a good question. It's something I've thought about for years. Like, what is consciousness? And because it's such a word that's so mystical and hard to tie down. And for me, consciousness <laughs> has become it's, it's awareness. It's personal awareness. It's our connection. I see consciousness as kind of being in that metaphysical all that is. And for me, changing consciousness one conversation at a time is the mission of All Things Therapy podcast. And we're doing that right now and sharing our experiences, our practices, our ideas, you know, confirming each other and also learning some new things and listeners and viewers as well being a part of that. And that to me is what changes consciousness, changes our awareness, changes our practices, gives us new ideas, things we might wanna try. And and that to me is just really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have you come across any new practice from um, your podcast or anyone you've had on your podcast? So many new things. Like I've learned about human design which I didn't know about when I interviewed a woman named Erin Claire Jones and <laughs> excuse me, learning about like, I noticed you have the chakras on your flow space, you know, behind you just so much about the chakra system, our energy systems and just how we're so much more energy. We're energy <clears throat> and physical matter and just that intersection, you know, my guests bring on so many cool and new ideas. I'd love to have you all on at the end of the year, if you want to come on. And <laughs> I just, I've learned so many new things. Yes. Yeah, I feel like it's so cool, like coming across different individuals, even like on our platform, we're learning so, so much. And it's really expanding our awareness, our consciousness. It aids us in trying to be the way that we want to be and show up every day. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and it, it really speaks to that we all have unique um, offerings to offer the world and each other by yeah. just following our own interests and how it can support other people and us coming together really creates a holistic approach to living a life that we desire. 
Mm-hmm. It does. And it can be so fun. Like today, meeting both of you, you know, I never would have met you all had I not been a podcaster or written a book. And that's why I really encourage people, whatever it is, even if it takes years to do it, just start. Because once you get there, it's going to be so awesome. And even the journey, the process of who you become as you are on this path, I think, I think in my experience is even more significant than the end result because you're going to become someone different. And I think more of who you're meant to be, you're going to like and love yourself a lot more when you pursue these kind of things. Yeah, because when you're doing something that makes you feel good, because you want to, you want to do it. And it's something that I believe inside is like, we're all here. Um, We have like our path, you know, we know what feels good to us. And we can either go with that, or we end up doing things that kind of take us astray from our path because of whatever you know, doubts, fears, beliefs that we accept. Um, So when you do actually follow your calling and do what makes you feel good, you're just radiating, you know, like you're this ball of light just out here living your best life. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You know, what comes to mind is like these goals that we have, it's more so just to have like a placeholder afar to allow us to become who we are meant to become Mm -hmm. more than it is about achieving this thing. So it's it's really cool how that's orchestrated in the human life. It is cool. And then it also, it does feel so good when you do achieve that thing that you've been working towards. So definitely savor it and enjoy it. Yeah, like celebrate it. Yeah. And I love like what you had mentioned earlier on, Lisa, like, you know, just celebrating those small things inside of the head. Like you don't have to wait until you get to like the end stage. You can celebrate every step along the process. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you because of the title of the book, The Chiron Effect, um, and then also how you're healing the core wounds through astrology. Did you research astrology? Like, do you work with astrology and tied that into the book? And how does it play a part in healing our core wounds? So astrology is the diagnostic point where my book begins based upon where Chiron, C-H-I-R-O-N, is in your birth chart. Like you very well, most likely know your sun sign. Like, what are your signs? What are y'all? I'm a Libra sun. Okay. A Sagittarius. Okay. And I'm a Gemini sun. So most everyone knows that. Yet Chiron is a lesser known placement in our chart. And Chiron is in one of the signs. Like Chiron will be in Aries or Capricorn or Scorpio or Pisces. And it speaks to the area of our, the areas of our life that we source patterns from like our orbit, the frequency that we inhabit based upon our largest limiting belief. And it kind of dictates how far we can go. And it plays out, for instance, like you might be really successful outwardly. People might think you're just awesome. Like you're doing well financially. You have a great job. You know, you're really well liked but inside you don't feel like you're good enough. Like you feel like you're never good enough. Like you always have to keep performing or giving and you might be exhausted though you put up a good front. And I think, I think a lot, I think a lot of people feel that way and just don't verbalize it. And this can speak to Chiron in the sign of Aries, for example, which is a wounding in your sense of value and worth. 
as opposed to say Chiron in Libra, which is uh, wounding in your sense of personal independence, where you might kind of go with the flow too much because you might be scared to really speak your voice. And so it can be really helpful to know where Chiron is and understand that part of yourself that you might kind of hide or edit or feel embarrassed about because in owning it and being like, okay, like, what do I do with this? You kind of get rid of all your fears and limitations in the process. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It um, kind of like what you mentioned with the human design, I find like it helps us go about our days better, like our life yeah. in general, because we know exactly. like what might be triggering us. And then we have that level of, um, I feel like it deepens the level of compassion. Like, okay, this is happening because, you know, so-and-so. Like, this is in this. Like, I react in this way. It just, it eases up, I guess. It you does. Know, it yeah. And it gives it the language for the experiences that we have. And in doing that, it helps um, aid what could be done to support um, where a Chiron is to so that it's not ruling us. Right. And I... This way. Yes. Yeah. And I give specific and practical takeaway steps that you can implement today. Because again, this practical wisdom that the three of us love, I think that's really helpful. Like what can I do with either talking to myself or in in planning, constructing my schedule and my life. And I also give some mantras and affirmations that you can meditate upon and, and start reaching for a new belief to um, to become that. Wow, I love that. That's yeah. really, really helpful. Thank you. I'll definitely send you both my book. Yes, wow. please. I'm so That's grateful. Yeah. You got it. Beyond. We have a book club that we do. Um, it's very intimate. It's just uh, like oh, our, immediate, awesome. our immediate circle, but it's all around um, self-development, self-awareness, mm -hmm. self-help, self-love. So it would be beautiful to go through your book and really um, integrate the teachings and speak about it and just go really in depth with it because yeah. it sounds so wonderful. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And all about like healing that inner, um, the, the core, like our core wounds, because everybody has them. And it's like the more tools we know and we can utilize to aid us in that healing process the more beneficial it is for us. It helps the journey along the way. Yeah. It does. And I think, you know, I think for some people, for me, it certainly was a core wounding. And for me, a sense of value and worth that I've, that I've healed and, and still healing, working, you know, the, the journey of, of healing and strengthening myself in that, in that area. For others, it might be an area of vulnerability, you know, cause not, I realize not everyone has experienced kind of these big T's, these big traumas that leave a wound. So for others of you listening, it might just be an area of vulnerability that you don't feel so good about yourself in. And so my book can help you with strengthening that part of yourself, like a support, like how to really be self-supportive. And also others in your life, if there's certain patterns you have with your partner, you know, it's it's important to know each other's Chiron so that instead of battling about those things, you're able to be on the same team and be supportive. It's helped a lot of couples as well. Yeah, I can see how beneficial it will be because, again, like it brings that level of compassion even deeper. And awareness. Yeah, it's really cool that 
like the stars, the asteroids, the planets, all of this can affect us energetically and kind of, you know, we show up in ways that I say, like, there's no coincidence that, like, these are the traits of something and then that's how it shows up, like, on our birth charts and stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you with the Chiron, is that one of the, um, like, more significant inner wounds, um that shows up like with Chiron where your sign is placed, like the placement of Chiron? It, well, the placement is is based upon your, your date of birth and your place of birth. And if you mm-hmm. have it, your time of birth, that will give the house placement in house one through 12. And is that your question? Maybe I'm not sure of your... Um, like is Chiron the, not most important, but one of the mo- more important ones for working with those inner wounds or trauma? Oh, I understand your question now. You know what? So in the back of my book, I have a resource section of astrologers that I really love and have worked with because I, I approach the book from a psychotherapeutic stance and psychological perspective where astrology is the diagnostic point to find where Chiron is. And the remediation and healing of these wounds and vulnerabilities are through taking personal responsibility by spiritual practices and psychological practices. So I don't I don't really know from an astrological perspective okay. if it's the most powerful indicator of our wounds. I would suspect that it is, but I can't say that definitively not being an astrologer. Yeah, no, totally makes sense. But it's so cool how it's like the astrology, the psychology, the spirituality is all connected. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, of course. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm just Thanks. so blown away, honestly, by the resource of the book and the holistic approach that it has and really getting down to the core of what it is and why it is that we um, have these wounds to really help um, transmute and transcend them Mm -hmm. in a way that is tangible and accessible because I feel for many people, you know, we may have some level of awareness of what needs to be worked on, um, but may not have any idea of where to begin. Thank you. And it can definitely help you with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And also something like that came up just now is the mentioning earlier, Lisa, when you said about like people not might not having the big T, like some big traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, like trauma can show up for all of us in so many different ways. Something that I might consider like the biggest traumatic experience might be looked at by somebody else as nothing. So it's really like allowing the self um, the opportunity, you know? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. to try not to compare yourself is always a good thing that I come back to, to just, you know, whatever's affected you is affected you. And and that's, it's significant. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, not comparing, staying in our own experience, utilizing the tools that are out there, applying them how we see fit. Using the intuition, you know, like if you feel called to explore this, you feel called and you go for it. Yes. Yes. And knowing that we each individually have a very specific and unique blueprint to offer the world. We do. That cannot be um, done by anyone else. That's why each of us are so important. Yeah. That's why you matter in your own unique way. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's really like connecting to that. It's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 
And Lisa, we ask um, all of our guests that come on a few questions. So we want to ask you, uh, what does being look and feel like for you? Being. I think that's a good one, because for me, it's it's um, it's not doing it's just being just sitting, just allowing a day where there might not be a lot to do. And that's OK. There was a time in my life when that wouldn't have been okay. I would have had to find something to be productive because I was taught that's when you have value. And for me, being is really just being like, ah, like <laughs> just sitting even. Yeah. And can you elaborate a little bit on like what kind of steps or practices you might have taken to get to the space where like you can just sit and be comfortable with that. Like you mentioned, like before, maybe you would look for something to do, but now it's like just taking that breath and existing. It was through the process of writing my book and learning that for me, the struggle has been around needing to be so productive that that's how I've sourced value. That's how I was taught that I was valuable. <laughs> I don't, and, and learning that, like I'm valuable without doing anything. And so are you. And just practicing, like I said, like an experiment that I like to give myself, just not doing anything and sitting through even the discomfort of, oh my God, like, shouldn't you be doing something? And just like sitting through it, sitting through the discomfort until I'm able to more and more allow that to feel good. And I'm still on that path, just allowing it to feel good to be without doing yeah, I it resonates um the whole sitting through the discomfort because when the mind kicks in it's like yeah, like let's go, let's find something to do and it's like let's take that pause, let's sit with ourselves and see where it leads us. Yes. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> And Lisa, is there anything that you're currently working on that you would like um the listeners and ourselves to know about? You don't know. No, I feel like this has been the big thing. And now I'm actually in that space of really allowing myself to be. I love doing interviews like like we are today. And and everything I have currently is on my website, nolatherapy.com. And I love interacting with people, even on social media. I'm at Nola Therapy on Instagram and Facebook and would love opportunities to do exactly what we're doing. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's very similar to what we're doing. Um, we were taking a break from recording podcasts, so you're actually the the person to help break that break. Up. Thank you. This is yeah. awesome. Because well, it's a time of like integrating, and I feel that this conversation was so fitting for coming back into the sharing of stories again and just learning from each other, being, experiencing. Yes. I yeah. feel that today with yeah. both of you. I feel a lot of peace as a result of our time together. Thank you. Oh, yes, likewise. Yeah, 100%. The timing would, could have been more divine mm -hmm. for when you had scheduled um, our, our conversation today. It was beyond beautiful. It was so meant to be and an divinely mm -hmm. cosmically orchestrated. I really yes. do that. Yeah. And if there is one thing that um, anybody listening can walk away from this conversation with, what would you like that one thing to be? You know, I'd really love for you to know just how important you are and how much you matter 
and not in a way that has to do with your social media following or even what you do for a living or how much money is in your bank account right now that you matter and you're a sphere of influence in your own community with your own people. And I think to take some more peace from that would help would help us all be happier. So just to really affirm your value as you are. Yes, I received that. I received that. Thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us. You're welcome. Evening. Thank you both for this time and space together. Yes. yes. I'm infinitely grateful. I'm <laughs> telling you. Yeah. Myself as well. Yes. Thank you so much. We really look forward to receiving your book and really diving deep into it and sharing our experience of the book with you. Yeah. I'm excited about that. And also having you on All Things Therapy. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That would be such an enlightening and thought-provoking conversation, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. You Take are welcome. Care. Have a blessed rest of your day. Y'all as well. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Continue flowing in your own space by simply being. If this resonated with you and you feel called, please be sure to follow us, like, and share. Until next time, wherever you go, give yourself space, space to, to flow. flow. <laughs> oh, Peace out, family. family. <laughs> <laughs>
um, doesn't equate to the power of just holding space for one another Mm -hmm. and what that can offer us. Not to say that those other things don't have value, but it's really just expanding what it means to exist and how valuable simply existing and being in our truth and sharing our truth, um, what that does for ourselves and what it does for others around us. Yes, because like while the certifications, like, you know, you don't need a certification to validate something within yourself. Um, Like, yeah, you can go and do all of the reading you want and you can like learn from mentors and they might not provide you a certificate it's just really like having that time and space for yourself the inner work you know like figuring out who you want to show up as or like what you feel called to and then whether you have the certifications or not it's really about like sharing and holding the space for one another and in that we grow so much yeah and the integration that comes from either what we learned while we were obtaining the certification or Mm -hmm. just through life experiences yes because you can get the certification and then not have implemented anything or like you don't have your own practices yeah and it's like what is the certification doing it's just a piece of paper at that point yeah um no go ahead yeah no that it just reminds me of like what i like graduated from in college how i like literally can't even utilize in any capacity because <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah it's funny yeah. but then like that was such a major accomplishment you know like having the degree like in for some some people like that's like you know huge yeah of course yeah it's it's all relative you know it's all like you are yeah and and what you value Mm -hmm. but it's just to say that integration is such a key component to anything that we learn so that we can really um, honor what it is that we learn and show our value through the integration and then being able to practice and live through that space and it brings up like how you mentioned like your degree that you can't utilize right now like connecting to that why of us doing anything Mm -hmm. like really being solid in whatever you're doing and while you're doing it it can change you know it's not like you have to marry yourself to that idea but it's like starting off with having that understanding understanding of the why your intention that aids and brings you closer to where you know maybe you are meant to be or something that will fulfill you or make you super happy Mm